0: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome. So welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission, and our fellowship, and most important, You are welcome at the Lord's table. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel of the Lord. Lord Congregation may be seated. All grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, my favorite pool hall to play pool in college was a little place called Jillian's. It was a bar, and I enjoyed it because it had three or four pool tables in the back, and I could practice there in the afternoons. And I was always there when the shift change happened from the daytime bartenders to the evening bartenders. And I remember one afternoon... (coughs) I saw the evening bartender come in, and he took an empty tip jar, his empty tip jar, and he put it up on the the bar. And then he took out his wallet, and he pulled out a bunch of bills and stuffed them in the jar. I was like, oh, that's weird, I didn't know they did that. And then I would find out later in my psychology classes that this was something called social proofing. Social proofing. It's when we assume that if lots of people have done something, then it's probably something we should be doing too. So when a tip jar, tip jar is already brimming with money, customers will assume everyone must be tipping, the service is great, so they should tip too. Social proof. My little boy, uh, he was about nine or 10 years old and I, he, he had a lemonade stand. Uh, this is Garrett, he's not so little anymore. But I remember, I remember him saying to me, Mom, could you just come and stand by the lemonade stand so it looks like it's good? <laughs> That's social proofing. That's social proofing. It's evidence. It's evidence that we can see that other people believe in something, and so we should believe it too. There is no social proof, though, for Jesus. There's no social proof for what Jesus is talking about today. There is no evidence for anyone to believe what he says. Jesus says, the poor are blessed. Look around. No, they're not. The poor are starving, the rich get richer. Jesus says, the merciful are blessed. No, they are not. Look around. Merciful people and their words are ignored while it's the angry people we listen to. Jesus says the meek are blessed. Look around. No, they are not. The meek are kicked and beaten by the powerful. There's no reason to believe that what Jesus describes to the disciples here on this mountaintop exists anywhere then and exists in any real and meaningful writ large way today. That's not to say that we don't Get it right sometimes. That's not to say that blessing and reward don't go to the right people sometimes, to those who deserve it. Sometimes in our culture, we do get it right. Times when we recognize things like bravery and valor, and we honor those acts. I saw this this week when I was learning about a guy named John Creech. Just show us, Don, John Creech. John Creech was an average boy, He was born in 1920, he grew up in a good home, good parents, he had a brother, he got a bachelor's degree in horticulture from the University of Rhode Island, but right after graduation in 1941, he was commissioned into the U.S. Army as a second lieutenant, and he was called into active duty immediately. Never got a chance to put those horticultural skills to good work. He was sent with Company d 26th Regiment, 1st Infantry Division to North Africa to fight the Axis powers, led by Germany's notorious Erwin Rommel. Creech, in all of his, uh, what do you call them, reviews, up until then, described an average soldier with average leadership skills. Until one day, under heavy fire, thanks, Don, he led a patrol deep into enemy lines that helped turn the tide on an offensive assault and somehow push back Panzers, Rommel's Panzers, which is an amazing feat. And he was awarded the Silver Star for gallantry in action. We got it right. Blessed are the peacemakers. I sure hope Jesus would consider John Creech a Peacemaker in that moment. But even when we get it right, it's within the scope of something monumental and huge, like a world war. What Jesus is talking about today isn't that. Jesus is talking about every day meek and mild, poor and hungry people who are somehow the ones worthy of blessing and reward. And that is just not happening. And since it's not happening, we tend to look at texts like this and see these Beatitudes as eschatological. That is a big, fancy word for Judgment Day. That we look at this text because we don't understand and we don't see what Jesus is saying, so we assume that he's talking about heaven, about things to come in the fullness of time. And these Beatitudes, we see them as describing nine different types of good people who will get to heaven and experience blessing there and then. But if that's what we make of this text, we miss a very important part of it at the beginning, where Jesus says he taught them. Jesus taught the disciples. He took them up to the mountain to teach them. This is the beginning of his ministry with his disciples. They haven't gone anywhere yet. They haven't gone into the world, and he is sitting them down to teach them. He is not preparing them for heaven. If he was, he'd save it for the end of Matthew. No, what he is preparing them for is what they are going to see when they follow him. There is a different world, Jesus is saying. It's within this one, a different world with different values, where there is joy, even in heartache, and there is purpose, even in suffering, where God can do things with broken people. Jesus isn't prophesying about heaven. He's preparing his disciples for a world within this one that they are going to get to see when they follow him. Jesus is not prophesying. He's teaching and preparing. So there have been several families here at Faith who've experienced house fires, right? And a few of them happened before my time, before I got here. I think the Book family and the Peterson family both, both experienced a house fire before my time. But after I got here about seven years ago, The Moen family went through a house fire. And I got a call from Pastor Bob. He was our senior pastor at the time. And it was late at night. And he he said that their house was a total loss, but that everybody was okay. And could I come on over? And right after I hung up with him, a few minutes after that, I got a call from Carl Buch, who had experienced his own house fire years before. And he says to me, Candace, I just want to prepare you for what you're going to see. And I thought right away that he meant what I was going to see when I got to the Moan's house. But that's not what he was talking about. He said, you're going to see this church come alive. They're going to do things to help this family you wouldn't believe. And he was right. This church stepped up in ways I was shocked to see. Now listen, Carl is not a prophet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one to question God's judgment. It's possible. Carl just believed something about this church. Something he had experienced himself. He believed that some things could happen in here that might not happen out there. Jesus believes something about God, about himself, and the world that is counter to everything we tend to see on a daily basis. He believes something about the world that extends into eternal life, absolutely, but it begins here. That's what he's talking about when he's teaching these Beatitudes. That's what he's preparing the disciples for. Jesus believes that the lame will walk, that the blind will see, that the dead will rise. And you know what? It absolutely happens when he is around. In his presence, a different world can be seen, and experienced that runs counter to the messes we are surrounded by. And not only that, but when we follow Jesus, we find ourselves also, despite the hardships of our world, despite the the battles that we are invested in, despite our own illnesses, despite our own despair, despite, despite our own messes, we find ourselves able to participate in that world that Jesus has begun. It is the only thing, I think, that keeps us sane in all this chaos that we can see and hear and touch and taste a bit of heaven here and now, and we can participate in it with Jesus. We have the ability to choose to live within a world of Jesus design, even when we are stuck in one we don't want. So, about a year After he successfully led his patrol behind enemy lines, the Axis powers caught up with Lieutenant John Creech. In 1943, he was captured in combat by Rommel's army and sent to a German prisoner of war camp in Poland. And what he encountered there was worse than the war. Fellow prisoners in appalling conditions, starving on a daily ration of Moldy bread and a half potato. But one afternoon while roaming around the camp, John happened across a broken down greenhouse. So he asked a Red Cross volunteer to sneak him in some seeds next time. And he convinced the guards to let him plant vegetables with these seeds, promising to share with them what he had grown. And over the next two years, in the middle of this world of prison and starvation and hunger and war, John gardened and grew vegetables that supplemented the diet of over 1,500 prisoners. One of his fellow POWs wrote, John made life tolerable and inspired me to live when I had given up hope. John received the Bronze Star for his gardening. There is another world. It is within this one. Of the two medals, the silver for bravery and the bronze for gardening, John said it was the bronze star he was most proud of. This world is hard broke and this week is no exception. The wrong things and the wrong people are blessed and rewarded. Violence and chaos spin all around us, and yet with Jesus, there is another way of life within this one, where justice and mercy and healing is possible. One we must hold on to and participate in, one we must have the courage to reach out from and pull in with all of our might those who have not yet seen or apprehended that there is something else going on in this world besides what they see. So get us there, Lord, and keep us there until these two worlds become one in your name in the fullness of time. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you, and I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.